Win the battle of your musty, damp basement with an easy breathe ventilation system. Take charge of your indoor air. It's easy with basement ventilation to remove musty odors, pollutants, allergens, and airborne particles by 85%. An easy breathe ventilation system creates air exchanges for cleaner, fresher, healthy indoor air. And right now, get $250 off your own easy breathe ventilation system. Call 866-822-7328 or visit takechargeofyouair.com today. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Truth with Lisa Booth. I want to discuss this week something that is so deeply troubling and that's the treatment of the january 6 political prisoners i want you to take a listen to this That's the January 6 political prisoner singing our national anthem, trying to stay strong through the treatment that they have endured at the hands of their own government. For the past several months, Joe Biden's Justice Department has rounded up more than 600 Americans in connection to the January 6 Capitol protest. Dozens are still languishing in Washington, D.C. jail, still awaiting trial. Many of those detained didn't even enter the Capitol, let alone commit any acts of violence or vandalize property. But each week brings new arrests. And on any given day, roughly half of the hearings in the D.C. District Court are related to the Capitol breach. Even worse, the constitutional and human rights of these January 6 detainees are being violated routinely. Many have suffered under solitary confinement conditions, were allowed out of their cells for one hour per day, and have been denied access to lawyers personal hygiene, and religious services. This isn't North Korea. This is Joe Biden's America. The media has largely ignored many of these stories, instead choosing to demonize Trump supporters instead of highlighting what can only be described as the mistreatment of these political prisoners. But one person has stayed on the story. One person has continued to examine these cases in depth and report on them to get the truth to the American people, and that's Julie Kelly. Julie is a political commentator and a senior contributor to American Greatness, where her writings have provided the single most insightful and comprehensive examination to date of what has happened on January 6th and its aftermath. She has been absolutely relentless in following the prosecution of the January 6th protesters, now many of them political prisoners, exposing abuses of power that should concern all Americans regardless of their politics. She's also the author of Disloyal Opposition, How the Never Trump Right Tried and Failed to Take Down the President, which came out last year. A few months ago, I interviewed Julie Kelly, and today I am excited to have her back on the show to get you the truth of all of this and to give us an update on the January 6th political prisoners. 
updates on what has been happening with the January 6th political prisoners. So who better to bring on than Julie Kelly with American Greatness to to catch everyone up to speed on what's been going on and what we need to know. Julie, thanks so much for joining the show again. I, I your, Our conversation was so important that we had uh, a few weeks ago. And so I, I'm so thankful to you for coming back on the show. Lisa, thank you so much for continuing to cover this and um, have me on and, and share tweets and reporting. I appreciate your sharing all of this critical information with your with your audience. Well, and Julie, no one has stayed more up to date on this than you have. You know, how, to date, how many Americans have been detained in relation to January 6th? So right now, about 640 Americans have been arrested uh, related to the Capitol Breach Probe. That's the official name of the Justice Department's investigation. They are arresting new people every week, Lisa. Right now, about 70 are behind bars under what's called pretrial detention orders. And this is where Joe Biden's Justice Department asks a judge to deny bail to a particular defendant on the basis that there's some sort of danger to the community or a flight risk. And in many cases, these federal judges in Washington, D.C. have signed off on those pretrial detention orders. So about 70 people are now being held, some of whom, Lisa, have been incarcerated since mid-January, awaiting trials that won't begin until the middle of 2022. Is that normal? That's a great question. The answer is no. Um, It's really not normal. In regard, especially related to the fact that most of the the overwhelming number of people who are behind bars right now have no criminal record. The reason that the Justice Department has designated them as some kind of danger to the community is because they were involved in the events of January 6th, where they allegedly attempted to overthrow democracy or frustrated the peaceful transfer of power, neither of which is an actual crime. Um, But this is what Joe Biden's prosecutors are arguing in court. And these judges in Washington, D.C., Trump, Obama, Clinton appointees, Reagan appointees, all are going along with the charade and despicably keeping these people behind bars for now. It will be over a year before they even have a chance to uh, to defend themselves in court. Has anyone been charged for sedition or treason? No, no one has been charged with sedition, with treason, with insurrection even with a charge called seditious conspiracy. So um, several have been charged with conspiracy. Those are people, uh, alleged members of the so-called militia groups, the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, the Oath Keepers. They face conspiracy and then an obstruction felony charge, uh, which over 200 people have been charged with so far. Um, but that's, that's really it. They can't come up with any sedition or, or insurrection charges. That's just part of the media political narrative, but certainly nothing that would ever hold up in court. Well, what's interesting is there's been a new video that was released from January 6th, which shows Capitol Police officers on camera on the Upper West Terrace holding the door open for protesters. In fact, one of the Capitol Police officers is on camera appearing to wave people in as individuals walk in in a very orderly fashion. Uh, you know, Tell us a little bit more about that video and also what impact do you think that might have on some of these criminal proceedings? So this was a really uh, kind of a bombshell video clip that was released today. It's 40 minutes long, and it shows um, footage that was captured by the U.S. Capitol Police surveillance security system. So this is a very extensive uh, closed-circuit TV system that has cameras all over the place, all uh, around the Capitol complex, in buildings, outside, etc., So this was really a key moment in January 6th. And actually, Senator Ron Johnson wrote a letter back in June to the acting head of the U.S. Capitol Police. He is one of the few lawmakers who has access to the 14,000 hours of surveillance video that DOJ and U.S. Capitol Police want to keep under protective orders. They want to keep this video concealed by the public. But what happened in this instance, Lisa, 
is one of the defendants, Ethan Nordine, an alleged proud boy. His lawyer asked for this um, highly, sensitive, highly sensitive protective order uh, removed from this lengthy clip. So it would show his client walking into the building, allowed in by several U.S. Capitol Police officers. Um, and it's not just Ethan Nordine's lawyer who petitioned the court to release this. There's also something called the Press Coalition. This is an organization of about 15 major media organizations, including CNN, The Washington Post, ABC, NBC, CBS News, The Wall Street Journal, who are also petitioning the court. Uh, and they want to see these videos, too, because, of course, these are the clips being used in especially detention hearings to keep people held behind bars. So one of the judges did lift this protective order, this designation. And here we have for the first time, because we saw a lot of these clips come out 30, 40, 60 second drips, right? This is the first time that people can see for 40 minutes at this crucial time between 225 and 3 o'clock on the afternoon of January 6th. What happened inside that building where an estimated 309 people were let in on this Upper West Terrace doors where police officers not only, I think, were responsible for opening that double door from the inside, but also standing there while these people just filed in. Uh, they had no idea they were breaking any law. No one tried to stop them. Um, a lot of these people, Lisa, I know you've been in the Capitol building a lot. No one even knew where they were going. <laughs> these people, this was their first trip to Washington, D.C., let alone trying to be inside this massive uh, government building. So you could see them walking in. A lot of them, you could see communicating with the police in a friendly manner. Um, and so these are the people who are then caught inside that route that led right to the rotunda. So those are some of the people that you saw later walking through the rope lines, some of them confronting police at some point. Um, but it is clear evidence that U.S. Capitol Police let in protesters, which not only contradicts the media narrative, but also, more importantly, contradicts what prosecutors are saying in charging documents. That people like Ethan Nordine and the 300 plus people who were, who entered that day did forcibly enter the Capitol, which is one of the words used in his indictment, or unlawfully trespassed. And so this was uh, really a good day for the truth seekers and especially those charged um, with any kind of crime related to January 6th who were let in the building at that access point. Well, and it certainly makes you wonder what on camera happened at some of these other entry points into the Capitol. Well, it really does, Lisa. And I mean, look, they have 14,000 hours of surveillance video. If what we are told by everyone from Joe Biden to Merrick Garland, the attorney general, to Nancy Pelosi, is that this was an attack on our democracy comparable to 9-11, the Oklahoma City bombing, Pearl Harbor, um, then the American people are entitled to see everything that happened inside and outside the building through the entire day of January 6th. The question is, Lisa, why is the government fighting so hard, not just to keep this video from the public, but in many cases trying to keep it even from defense attorneys? So what the government is doing is cherry-picking little 30-, 40-second clips. They're giving it to defense uh, attorneys which then have to have them under protective orders and to keep even lawyers from seeing the full trove of video. The American people really deserve to see that. Unfortunately, because U.S. Capitol Police is technically a legislative branch, part of the legislative branch, uh, they're not subjected to FOIA laws. So they have all sorts of ways to protect themselves and to conceal this video um, but we really uh, deserve to see it. And certainly the people who've had their lives destroyed by this uh, prosecution, political prosecution, certainly are entitled to see everything uh, that was captured by official government uh, cameras, uh, security cameras that day. Well, and, and of course, not only would, you know, if there are more videos like this, what there likely are, not only does it undercut the narrative that we've been told by the left and the mainstream media, but it also seems to potentially put the Capitol Police in a bad position as well, which might be why there's some self-interest to try to conceal these videos from the public if their own Capitol Police officers are on camera, you know, shepherding people into the building. That's exactly 
you should see, uh, you know, other access points. Over the weekend, the New York Times produced, and this is an example of how unfair it is only for the government to have total control, not just of the surveillance video, Lisa, but also thousands of hours of body-worn camera footage from D.C. Metro Police and other entities. U.S. Capitol Police do not wear body cameras, so they don't have it, but D.C. Metro does. So what the New York Times did over the weekend was produce this really uh, propagandish 90-second um, clip of what happened uh, outside of the Lower West Tunnel this was really the biggest battle scene on January 6th between police and protesters. What the New York Times did was take some of the released body cam footage from D.C. Metro and compile this to show only protesters attacking police. What they don't show, Lisa, is what was happening beforehand, and that is D.C. Metro and U.S. Capitol Police huddled in this tunnel, um, dousing protesters with a very noxious orange gas that uh, left people unable to breathe um, that could have contributed to the death of Roseanne Boyland, who is another Trump supporter who we were told died of a drug overdose. But given what we are learning about what happened in that tunnel, you could see her body laying on the ground, lifeless, in front of this Lower West Tunnel, um, Terrace Tunnel, as cops continue to battle with protesters, refuse to give her any aid. And you see this handful of men, about six or seven, all of them are detained, by the way, as witnesses to what happened to her. And they are attacking police with whatever items they can find, a riot shield, somebody had a crutch, um, trying to stop police from beating, kicking protesters, stomping on them, and pushing this mob over on top of each other, which could have uh, crushed Roseanne Boyland or certainly this noxious gas that they were using left many people, as they testified uh, in other motions, that they could not breathe. So the New York Times just put this 90-second clip together, just showing what the protesters were doing, didn't show what the police were doing beforehand. Now, if we could see all the body cam footage, if we could see the surveillance video that was captured in that tunnel that day, we would get a much fuller picture of what went down. And I am very hopeful at some point that would be the case. Quick commercial break. More on January 6th with Julie Kelly. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Timons Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a Stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Judicial Watch uh, recently uncovered some 500 pages of internal documents from the D.C. Metro Police concerning the fatal shooting of Ashley Babbitt, who is the the only person to our knowledge that was killed on uh, January 6th. Although you just raised some questions about 
another potential incident. But the documents state reveal witness accounts saying that she was not holding a weapon at the time of her death. Uh, and, and according to, you know, Judicial Watch saying that there's no good reason to shoot and kill Ashley Babbitt, according to these documents. What else did they uncover and, and what do people need to know about what happened to Ashley Babbitt, according to what we know now? Well, I do think that Judicial Watch, the documents that they had access to, and that was the investigation done by the D.C. Metro Police. So D.C. Metro Police are not shielded from FOIA requests like U.S. Capitol Police um, are. And so what really went down was how Michael Byrd, who, as we know, his name was covered up by the media for months, um, unlike any other fatal police shooting, he was protected by the American news media and certainly by his own employer. But what that showed was that he had no justification for killing Ashley Babbitt. She was not armed. Furthermore, it does not appear that he gave any kind of warning to her or the other people who are right next to her. And that contradicts, I think, things that he said in his interview with Lester Holt, revealing his identity, but also uh, congressmen who were close by who have defended, this includes Republican congressmen, who defended what Officer Byrd did. And so this really, um, you know, what happened to Ashley Babbitt, the cover-up, the demonization of her in the media, that somehow she got what she deserved as a Trump supporter, as someone who doubted the legitimacy of the election, allegedly someone who followed Q. You know, that's always their go-to fallback uh, justification rationale for why these people should be, I guess, shot dead or incarcerated for years without a trial. You know, all due process, all the rule of law, constitutional, civil rights should be completely set aside. Um, and so that... The killing and shooting, uh, the shooting and killing of of Ashley Babbitt really is uh, quite an eye-opening part of what happened on January 6th. Another example of the double standards for Trump supporters versus, you know, protesters uh, on the left. This would never have been the case had any police officer shot and killed an Antifa protester, Black Lives Matter protester, certainly. Uh, We would never have seen this kind of cover-up. And yet here we are. Uh, for months covering up what happened to her, justifying her shooting and death and protecting the officer who did it. I mean, the double standards are just sickening in the way that uh, these individuals are being treated, these January 6th uh, political prisoners, really. So Reuters reported last month that the FBI has not found evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was the result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election. Uh, Do you have any more information on that, uh, obviously, that also undercuts the narrative of the left that there was no organized effort behind all of this. Right. I think that that was a way to start letting down, <laughs> letting down Democrats or the investors of the uh, armed insurrection uh, narrative, try to let them down kind of easy because there was no uh, wide ranging conspiracy that was planned ahead of time to attack the Capitol or certainly to overturn election results. And as they've tried to put these cases together, and it's really important, Lisa, and we could talk a little bit more detail on this later, is uh, Joe Biden's Justice Department keeps dragging these cases out. They still do not have a platform uh, for what's called discovery, where they're uploading all the evidence that they have because they possess all of it. And uploading all of this so the defendants and defense attorneys can see potentially exculpatory evidence, Brady material, what have you. And so um, this is what the government continues uh, uh, delaying and, uh, again, um, prolonging the misery of these defendants. While you have on the flip side, we had no special jail for the 2020 rioters across the country. There was no special jail set aside for the people who torched the Portland courthouse or attacked federal officers there. Certainly no special jail in Washington, D.C. for the rioters in Lafayette Square who were burning parts of Washington, D.C., including a church who um, were so threatening to the White House that they put the White House in lockdown. This was Memorial Day weekend uh, of 2020 and forced the president into a uh, protective uh, hidden bunker. 
None of those people have been charged anywhere close to even trespassers at the Capitol on January 6th. It is such an egregious uh, double standard of justice. And I think, Lisa, with my reporting, that is what offends people the most, is that you had such a close comparison. It's not like this was something that happened 10 years ago, the 2020 riots, or even, say, the Brett Kavanaugh protests, which there were plenty of similarities there, too. People saw in real time what happened just over a year ago across the country. And when they look at the context of the riots of 2020, especially Washington, D.C., in January 6th, a four-hour disturbance where, yes, parts of it got violent, parts of it included confrontations with police, but nowhere near the death destruction uh, that happened for, for weeks in 2020. So I think that that is what really infuriates uh, Americans the most. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we all seen all these incidents take place. I mean, we had uh, Republican senators that needed security because they were getting death threats during the Kavanaugh confirmation hearing. I mean, it's all or, or even, you know, we saw in a in a different example, but protesters follow Kirsten Cinema into the bathroom threatening her and Joe Biden excusing it and the left excusing it. So. It's just egregious. And then particularly when we see the video uh, that came out uh, today of basically the Capitol Police allowing individuals coming in and people seemingly unknowingly knowing that they were breaking any laws just really puts it into context and makes it that much more disturbing the way that so many of these people are being treated. You know, Julie, there was recently a report that the FBI had at least one informant among the Proud Boys who marched on the Capitol on January 6th. We've seen most recently with the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping case that the FBI had used 12 informants uh, to infiltrate a group and to, to try to you know carry out that alleged plot. Have we learned anything more about the FBI's involvement or potential involvement in January 6th? Um, we, we haven't yet. As you said, um, there's been a little drip drip, especially when it starts at the New York Times. You know that more is coming because they are the spin cycle for the Democrats' dirty laundry So when the New York Times posted this bombshell report on September 25th that confirmed at least two informants were on the ground, infiltrated the Proud Boys on January 6th, were working directly with their FBI handlers as the protest chaos was was unfolding. So we know that that was happening. Um, But Lisa, to your point, the Whitmer, uh, I'll say, quote unquote, kidnapping plot and how that yeah, I should have put quotations around it. <laughs> That's right. Um, so that has been so illuminating in terms of drawing a straight line between what happened there and potentially what happened on January 6th. You had a kidnapping plot that was completely, almost wholly concocted by the FBI. There are at least 12 FBI informants and undercover agents involved in that plot. And you have 13 people who have been charged. So you basically have an informant or FBI agent for every alleged kidnapper who has been charged. Um, but so we we are finding out more and more. In fact, that federal trial for the kidnapping plot has been delayed now 90 days because the defense attorneys are claiming entrapment and they want to investigate the conduct of every informant and agent who was involved. You already have a special agent in charge, a man named Richard Trask, who was arrested for assaulting his wife a few months ago, was fired by the FBI and removed as a witness in the case. You have another FBI agent who informed the main, who told, instructed the main informant in that case to lie, to delete texts and to lie to other people who suspected him of being an informant. You have another FBI special agent who is trying to work with the main informant to set up another concocted plot in Virginia, which would be this really sinister plan to try to execute the governor of Virginia. This is all happening right before the 2020 presidential election. So that is a good, um, I guess, pathway or, or would illuminate what a lot of people are starting to suspect happened on January 6th. Now, what I wrote about last week is that the FBI opened up something called Operation Cold Snap in March of 2020. The excuse for opening that up was that they were going to infiltrate so-called militia groups 
Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, Three Percenters, same people involved and have been charged in January 6th, a few of whom were charged with the Whitmer kidnapping plot. They were going to infiltrate these militia groups to make sure that they were up to, you know, that they could thwart any plans that they had related to lockdown protests, et cetera. Well, as it turns out, just like in the Whitmer plot, the FBI wasn't infiltrating to make sure they weren't doing any damage. They were infiltrating to guide, orchestrate, coordinate, fund uh, surveillance trips, et cetera, um, that would entrap these militia people or people thought who thought that they might be tied to militia groups or people that the government just pretended were tied to militia groups. Um, so this was all part of Operation Cold Snap. It was a multi-state undercover FBI uh, uh, operation. And the question now is how much of that was drawn out into January 6th? Did they have informants and their handlers who were telling them on the ground, go attack police officers, go tear down those barriers, go tell this person to do this. Uh, we also know that we now know that there were at least two. I guarantee there will be a lot more that we will find out either through the news media or certainly as these trials get underway next year. Uh, that's very interesting. And, and you know, of course, you know, back to the Gretchen Whitmer, quote unquote, kidnapping plot. I mean, there appears to be no plot without the FBI. I mean, the FBI is the plot. It seems in that. So so as you pointed out, certainly raises a whole host of questions in relation to January 6th and, and also just points out, uh, you know, sort of the hype or the uh, the, um, you know, the, the irony of the fact that the the FBI recently testified before Congress. That they're not tracking some of this left wing violence and, you know, groups like Antifa. Yet what you just laid out, uh, you know obviously seems to be a, a healthy dose of involvement from the FBI in anything that uh, is seemingly to the right. Well, think about this, Lisa. Uh, on June 6th of 2020, a longtime FBI informant, convicted felon, a real lowlife. He's been charged with sex with a minor, uh, burglary, forgery, etc. But, of course, he's been working with our stellar FBI for years as an informant. He organized something called the National Militia Conference in a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. And he's pestering people that he's targeted off social media for weeks, trying to get them to go to this conference. Uh, one man remarks, wow, there's feds everywhere. They know their pictures are getting taken. Well, here's this FBI informant. A week, just as the country's trying to recover from nights of violent, deadly, destructive rioting, and instead of the FBI infiltrating those groups or trying to stop those activists, rioters, protesters from, uh, you know, causing so much damage across the country, here they are setting up people at some national militia conference uh, so they can try to entrap them and involve them in whatever anti-Trump plot that they have going. So it's... Uh, as we were talking about earlier, it's just such a huge disparity that most Americans recognize. And it really is infuriating to them because so much damage was done in 2020 versus January 6th and the treatment of innocent Americans who are now, you know, political dissent, political protest is now criminalized, but only if it comes from someone on the right. And we can now see Lisa, the national security state, Intelligence agency is certainly the FBI and DOJ turning the war on terror against Americans on the political right. And that was sort of came to a head. I think a lot of people perked up and paid attention when the uh, DOJ released that letter saying that they were going to get the FBI to work with law local law enforcement to make sure parents weren't stepping out of line at meeting, Which is very, very scary. And also just a continuation of really what we've seen and their targeting of the Trump campaign and the 2016 election, as well as turning the other way in regard to Hillary Clinton. And despite her aides lying to the FBI, there being no charges. Uh, but you saw the way they tr try, you know, they went after Michael Flynn and George Papadopoulos as well, um, you know, as well as trying to label Carter Page as, you know, treason is when, in fact, he was working with the CIA rather than against her government. So, uh, unfortunately, this just seems to be a long continuation of the FBI of what we've seen over the past few years uh, of really being sort of politically targeted against the right for whatever reason. 
That's exactly right. This is just an extension of Crossfire Hurricane that was started in the summer of 2016. But now instead of ambushing Trump or Carter Page or Mike Flynn, they're ambushing veterans in their homes and dragging, you know, former lieutenant commanders of the Navy, disabled veterans out of their homes, dragging them by their legs through the grass like they did with Lieutenant uh, Thomas Caldwell that I wrote about. Uh, or the woman I spoke with today who had her home in Illinois uh, raided uh, her by 10 FBI agents with their guns drawn, standing over the bed of her teenage daughter with a gun pointed at her, demanding that she turn over her cell phone. This is a couple who was charged with a misdemeanor offenses. But this is what our FBI has been doing for nine months, a nationwide terror campaign to uh, criminalize, to silence, uh, to send a message to the rest of us. If you step out of line and you doubt anything uh, outside of the regime, whether it's the 2020 election, whether it's critical race theory, uh, whether it's masking or vaccines, whatever it is, they are going to weaponize the most powerful government agencies against you and no one will be immune from it. And so this is a very scary territory, very scary time. Uh, dangerous territory. And it really would be nice, Lisa, if we heard more from our Republican leadership to speak out against against this instead of just kind of snarky tweets or a brief lecture during uh, a Senate hearing. They really need to do more because this is getting worse instead of better. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have a lot of cowards in political office and they don't realize that if they don't stand up to what is going on right now, they will lose all opportunity to do so in the future. I think that's what a lot of Americans don't seem to understand right now is that it's scary to speak up. But if we don't speak up now, we lose that ability completely likely in the years to come. So now is the time to push back against some of this. You know, you know Julie, there, there seems to be at least, you know, fortunately, some acknowledgement. We saw this from the U.S. District Judge Royce Lamberth of acknowledgement of the mistreatment of these January 6th political prisoners. Before we get into that, I want you to tell the audience about Christopher Worrell. I, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, if you don't mind, can you can you first and foremost tell the audience about him, his story, what he has been up against, and then I want to get into uh, what the U.S. District Judge Royce Lambert uh, recently said about his case. Right. Well, thanks for asking about that. Christopher Worrell is an alleged proud boy, but he's in his 50s. He's not like a young kid. Um, He was outside the Capitol that day. He is charged with allegedly spraying a police officer with pepper spray. Although Lisa, like in a lot of cases, the charging documents only show him holding up a tiny pepper spray bottle and spraying it. They don't ever show who actually was hit by the spray. Could be nobody, could be just a random person. Anyway, the FBI raided his home in Cape Coral, Florida in March uh, 2021 with a huge SWAT team. FBI artillery woke up his whole neighborhood, took him out at gunpoint. He has been charged with assaulting a police officer, uh, obstruction of an official proceeding, a few other offenses. But he's been incarcerated since March, was transferred from Florida to the special jail in Washington, D.C. that's been set aside only for January 6th protesters, where he's been since April. While Christopher Worrell suffers from Nod Hodgkin's lymphoma, in May he also fell and broke his hand. I believe he broke his wrist. Um, But he has not received adequate medical care. And, of course, as I reported, you and I have talked about the inhumane conditions at this jail. Again, not for people who have been convicted of any crime. They haven't had a minute of their trial. They're simply being held there behind bars because they're capital protesters awaiting trial. So um, his lawyer has petitioned the court several times. He needs cancer treatments. You know, he needs surgery on his hand, which a surgeon recommended back in June. He has not received any of this. So Judge Royce Lambert, who I will say is no hero because he has signed on to detaining Chris Worrell, uh, a non I mean, a person with no criminal, violent criminal record. He has signed off on keeping him in this jail, even though he knows he has cancer. But finally, uh, acquiesced to Chris Worrell's defense lawyer saying, look, this guy needs treatment for his hand for his cancer. And so Judge Lambert ordered the uh, jail officials to turn over records to the U.S. Marshals related to his, what care he needed. The jail officials refused to do that. Then they did it at the last minute after Lambert uh, 
order a special hearing. Anyway, without getting too much into the weeds, which I probably already did, uh, Judge Lambert held both the D.C. jail warden and the director of the Department of Corrections in Washington, D.C., in contempt of court, and then directed the Justice Department to uh, investigate potential civil rights violations at that jail, not just for Christopher Worrell, but for everyone who's been held there. Um, So I don't know what the DOJ will do there, but I will say I don't think it's something Judge Lambert is going to give up on very easily. Uh, I think it's something that he will keep pestering prosecutors and the Justice Department to follow up on. So that gives the detainees there a little bit of hope. But Chris Worrell needs six months of intensive, as they said in the hearing last week, intensive chemotherapy and radiation. I understand he's now at stage three cancer patient. And so this government is basically letting this man die in prison. I don't even think he has a trial date yet. Die in prison for the offense of going to the Capitol on January 6th. And Judge Lamberth has said this. He said, it's clear to me the civil rights of the defendant were violated by the D.C. Department of Corrections. I don't know if it's because he's a January defendant or not. So at least raising that. And this is something you've been writing about and reporting about, Julie, and it's acknowledgement of what you have said and what you've reported is true about the treatment of these January 6th prisoners as they've been ignored, as these stories have been ignored, as you've been writing about this and people have ignored it, of the mistreatment. We have a now U.S. District Judge uh, who you said has not even been favorable towards the January 6th prisoners, but at least the acknowledgement that what they have said about the mistreatment, what you have written about is true, about the way that some of these individuals have been treated. Yes. And so that was it was gratifying, not just not for me as a reporter, but certainly for the men who are languishing in this jail for months on end, as I said, for more than a year. And certainly their family members who some of whom I talk to regularly, who are just so heartsick and frustrated at this legal system that refuses to acknowledge what's happening in that jail. The judges who continue over and over to sign off on continuances, a continuancy continuances to these trials, uh, 60 days at a time, 30 days at a time, because the Justice Department does not have its act together in terms of evidence, still does not have a digital platform up and running. So uh, defense attorneys can look at all the evidence against their client. Um, And so here we are now in the middle of October, more than nine months after the fact, and uh, they keep pushing trial dates into the middle of next year. Most of these people won't see trials till the end of next year, possibly into 2023. What happened was, Lisa, they, what the original prosecutor in charge of this investigation called it a shock and awe campaign. What the DOJ did between what this man said, Michael Sherwin, who is the former U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C. office, who now is handling that office is now handling every single case. What he said was the first hundred arrests were shock and awe campaign to intimidate people out of coming back to Washington on January 20th and protesting Joe Biden's inauguration. Now, think about that. You have a powerful federal prosecutor who's telling a journalist in an interview, bragging about it, actually, that the first hundred arrests weren't based on evidence. They weren't based on trying to keep the community safe or hunting down the most violent criminals on January 6th, which there were what maybe 10. It was what he called shock and awe to stop people from what people do every four years, which is go to their nation's capital and protest the inauguration of the guy they didn't vote for. Uh, this has never been done before. So what happened, Lisa, is you had the FBI hunting people down, arresting them, dragging them into court, dragging them to jail before they even had enough evidence collected against them. Now they're recognizing in a lot of these cases, and you have some of the very earliest arrests sitting in that D.C. jail, where the government is looking, saying, wow, we charged these people with obstruction of an official proceeding. We charged them with conspiracy. We charged them with assaulting police officers right away because we wanted the big headlines and we wanted the government and DOJ to show off what they were going to do before Joe Biden took office. Uh, And now they're turning around saying, we can't put a case together. But instead of dropping the charges or doing whatever, they haven't dropped any uh, major cases. They're just delaying it and delaying it, hoping that these people will get desperate and plea um, or, you know, I, I don't know what they'll delay their trial so much, but, but by that time it won't matter. 
Um, but I do think in some cases it's backfiring because I think you're seeing, starting to see defendants whose lives have been ruined and at this point are thinking, I have nothing else to lose. I'm not going to let the government destroy what little I have left. Um, but that is the sad case of what happened. And Lisa, I've heard this from judges myself. Judges have said, this is not how this goes. You don't arrest someone first and put the case together later. But of course, the judge then can, you know, gives DOJ whatever they want. So that's the another really sad double standard that we are seeing play out for these people. Let's take a quick commercial break. More with Julie Kelly with American Greatness after the break. Win the battle of your musty, damp basement with an Easy Breathe ventilation system. Take charge of your indoor air. It's easy with basement ventilation to remove musty odors, pollutants, allergens, and airborne particles by 85%. An Easy Breathe ventilation system creates air exchanges for cleaner, fresher, healthy indoor air. And right now, get $250 off your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. Call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com today. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Timons Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a Stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. And you had mentioned pushing these off and, until next year. Is that political in nature, potentially, to, to push these before the midterm elections? I definitely think so. I think they want to create headlines and optics at the optimal time next year. So say for the Oath Keepers case or the case of the one white supremacist, Tim Hale, who was charged with no violent crime, his case, his trial just got moved from November to the end of May of 2022. Um, seven more months and he's been in jail since the middle of January. Um, so I think they definitely are, are hoping that the more high profile marquee cases will go on trial next year and then they can use that not just against Trump because of course he's not on the ballot but what they really want to do Lisa is use that against the so-called sedition caucus a hundred or so Republican lawmakers who are going to vote to uh, you know for the audit to delay certification that day you know other I think there are a few Republican senators who are up for re-election who are in on that too so that's really what they want to use because they know their chances of holding the House and Senate next year are pretty slim. This is really the only political, I think in their eyes, the only political uh, capital or ammunition that they have against Republicans next year. Well, I mean, because essentially everything has fallen apart since Joe Biden has taken office, so they have absolutely nothing to run on. And, and they, they can't even get bills done on a party line basis within their own caucus. That's what a disaster uh, they are. And if everyone remembers, I mean, if you take yourself back to the 2016 election on Inauguration Day, there are cars set on fire by protesters protesting the election of Donald Trump. You had people like Nancy Pelosi tweeting that the election was hijacked. So it's like, <laughs> you know, and I, and I don't remember any of those individuals being treated this way. Well, and you had Maxine Waters out there. You know, I don't care who you see. If you see them at a gas station, at a grocery store, you get in their face, you confront them. Um, you had Loretta Lynch, the former attorney general, after Donald Trump was elected. Something along the lines of there'll be blood running in the streets. I mean, you had Eric Holder, all of these former Obama officials right after Trump was, uh, was elected, before he was sworn in, making all kinds of threats, how they were going to use their power against the president and Republicans and nothing 
ever happened. Remember, Lisa, the resistance was, was cool from 2017 until January 20th of 2021. I mean, if you weren't in the resistance and doing whatever you could to try to overthrow the presidency of Donald Trump, which of course included the Robert Mueller investigation, one impeachment. I mean, there was just one scandal after another that they manufactured against him to try to get him out of office. That was okay. Um, But, you know, not when it comes to the chosen Joe Biden and, and the Democratic Party. None of that is allowed. It's sedition. It's insurrection. You are a traitor. Uh, you know, all of the names that have been thrown at people who question what happened in 2020. But I'll say, Lisa, what's encouraging is that you have not seen the numbers move on the Republican side as far as voters who do not think that Joe Biden was fairly elected in 2020. If anything, Lisa, I think how they're weaponizing January 6th, both in the investigation and then on Capitol Hill with the select committee, I think it raises people's suspicions even more that why are they fighting this so hard? Why are they using this uh, to silence political dissent? What are they trying to hide and cover up? And so you still have the overwhelming majority of Republicans in every poll who say they don't think that Joe Biden legitimately won the election in 2020. And that you could see is very frustrating to the Democrats. Um, I'm even hearing this from the federal bench as they're sentencing people. These judges are still mad uh, that there's so many people who doubt what happened in 2020. Uh, and that's part of the punishment that they're rendering to some of these defendants, too. Well, yeah, I mean, if everything was on the up and up, why would there be just such complete and utter censorship of any people, uh, you know, raising contradictory opinions or, or even the treatment of the individuals involved in January 6th certainly raises a whole host of questions about why they would go to these lengths if there's nothing to see or nothing to be concerned about. But what's so sad is there's just so many lives that have been absolutely ruined, you know, regardless of the outcome of the cases, their lives have been ruined. I mean, you've got people like Thomas Caldwell, who is 66 years old. He was arrested by the FBI at 5.30 a.m. at his Virginia farm, full SWAT team, armored vehicles with a battering ram, people screaming at him, he says. He said people looking like stormtroopers pointing weapons at him, covering him with rays, uh, with red laser dots. Uh, this individual said he was interrogated for two hours and then realized that the raid was eventually tied, or that realized the raid, or that it was tied to January 6th. He cooperated because he didn't have anything to hide, so he didn't think that there would be anything wrong with ultimately cooperating with this. Uh, he had been, tra- he's been charged with six federal crimes in relation to January 6th. He never entered the Capitol building, has no criminal record, has honorably served our country for 20 years in the military. He's a former lieutenant commander in the U.S. Navy, uh, and he suffers from debilitating service-related or service-related spinal injuries. He was denied uh, medical care, spent 53 days in jail, 49 in solitary confinement i mean it's just like julia i know you've written about him you've written about all these individuals it's just i mean it's just sad it's just uh to be treated this way i just it's it's you know how does this happen in america lisa the heart i mean again this woman calling me today in tears you know for just talking about what had happened to her family for misdemeanor offenses what this fbi is doing And for anyone who says, oh, this FBI, it's just the top. You know, it was just Jim Comey. It was just Andrew McCabe. It was just Peter Strzok. And now it's just Chris Ray. And no, it isn't. We are talking about rank and file officers across this country who are acting like the Gestapo, who are treating Americans who committed no crime like they are hardened criminals, mass murderers, you name it. It just enrages me. It turns my stomach when I hear these stories. It, in some instances, it makes me cry, which is hard to do because I, I it, it, but I can't help it because these people are completely defenseless. This FBI and Justice Department knows exactly what they, they're doing. They're twisted, Lisa. They have a bloodlust and a revenge inside of them for whatever reason to target veterans like Thomas Caldwell and his wife, who are the sweetest people You can't even imagine talking to They're so sweet and and just so naive. None of nothing like this should have happened to them. Uh, You have veterans across the country who have been treated like this, you know, small business owners, farmers, truckers um, who have had their, 
doors banged down at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, their entire neighborhood awakened with bullhorns swearing at them that these people to get out of their house had been dragged out of their house without even any clothes on. They refused to give warrants to people when they've asked for them. Uh, they've just taken their devices without showing that they have any uh, court-ordered uh, reason to, to take anything out of their home. Uh, they destroyed personal property. Uh, in one case, in Thomas Caldwell's case, he walked in, he has uh, restored, I believe it's a T-bird that his grandfather had. And he looked in the, uh, one of the FBI agents had like tried to tear one of the doors off of the car and was leaning up against it. You know, this refurbished uh, car that he has, his pride and joy, uh, it's scratching it all up. They're just doing it in such a punitive way. And it's really important that Americans realize what this FBI is all about, what they're doing to people on a weekly basis, and then what these prosecutors are doing in court, what they're saying to these judges about people. Uh, this just should not be happening in America. And I don't know how it ends or when, when it ends. Because, as you just said, our political class on the Republican side is so weak. They're so craven. Um, uh, they're so easily intimidated and bullied that we really have no one speaking up against this. And I just hope at the end of the day, a lot of these people do get their day in court, they get redeemed, and hopefully they have some justification to turn around and sue the government for what they've done to them. Well, I mean, we could go through the whole show talking about some of these cases of lives unjustly being ruined. I mean, Robert Reeder, a Maryland man who was a FedEx driver, his the company fired him. After he was arrested, he didn't attack anyone. He didn't vandalize any property. His son doesn't want to go to school because he's being bullied. He was even excommunicated from his church, more or less. That was his support group. You have people that, you know, they're, they're, you know, their neighbors, their friends are turning the backs against them. People who have had their businesses destroyed over this, uh, you know, without even getting their day in court. Their, their whole lives just completely appended and ruined. Completely ruined, Lisa. The case of Robert Reeder was another one that just stuck with me because he went by himself from Maryland. And like you said, he, he, like so many, are charged with the same four misdemeanors, disorderly conduct, trespassing, parading and picketing in the Capitol building, which I don't know, Lisa, I thought until January 6th was like sort of our right. You know, you could go to a government building and you could picket the people who are there. Like, I feel like that's a constitutional right, but now it's a crime. So this man committed no violent acts pleaded guilty to parading and picketing uh, in his tearful testimony before the court, before this judge sentenced him to three months in jail for parading a misdemeanor. He has no criminal record. He begged for mercy, explaining how his life has been destroyed. And as you said, his son, he has a teenage son who doesn't want to go to school anymore. He's bullied relentlessly because he has his father's name. His other relatives have have alienated him. His neighbors have turned their back on him. His friends have abandoned him. His own church went to him and said, asked him to stop going because he was a distraction. And he started crying saying, you know, that's tough because that was like my one support group where I could go and get help. He was fired by FedEx. He said to the judge, I cannot find another job. All anyone has to do is Google my name. He said, I'm radioactive. I have nothing. And instead of having sympathy for this man, Judge Hogan, an 83-year-old Reagan appointee, had no sympathy for this man, sentenced him to three months in prison on top of everything else that he's gone through for doing nothing but protesting Joe Biden's election for a few hours on January 6th. And I don't know how a man like that puts his life back together. I really don't, Lisa. I mean, at this point, all you can do is pray for a man like that and, like I do sometimes, pray for these people to get what they have coming to them, the people who are doing this to these innocent Americans. Well, and there are countless examples of people protesting at Capitol Hill, within Capitol Hill, of other state capitals as well. I mean, you could even go back, we discussed this earlier, of Kavanaugh. There, there are over 120 people arrested on you know one day alone in the Capitol. Uh, none of these individuals that we, that to my knowledge, have been treated the way that these January, those involved in January 6th have been treated. So, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's it's just, uh, you know, Julia, do you you feel so passionately about this? But it's just absolutely disturbing. And Julia, I want to get to so the House Select Committee investigating 
uh, what happened on January 6th is likely going to have a hold Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress. We're doing this interview on Monday, October 18th. This interview will come out on Wednesday morning. So by the time that happens, he's likely going to be held in contempt of Congress. Uh, you know, where where do you think that committee's investigation goes? What do people need to know uh, about it to date? So, and this will be interesting. I, I'm actually kind of laughing, trying to think of how Steve Bannon is going to handle this because um, it'll be sort of entertaining. Um, so what's happening with that committee is that's really the political end of what's ha- the opposite of what's happening in the DOJ investigation. So what they want to do, I think, eventually is try to get to Donald Trump himself. You saw that kind of floated over the weekend. Um, I think there's also some rumors about targeting, not targeting, but trying to get Mike Pence to testify. Um, they've obviously now subpoenaed Jeffrey Clark, who was the acting associate uh, assistant attorney general, some title like that, who actually was the one person in the Justice Department who recognizes that, yes, there was legitimate election fraud happening in key swing states that could have uh, rigged the outcome of the election in those states. So they're now targeting him. But what they're trying to do is say that executive privilege would not apply in these cases. They need to talk about discussions they had with the president, any documents uh, related, any emails, communications, et cetera. But Lisa, what are they looking for? Trump's speech, the rally at the Ellipse that day was perfectly legal. It had been permitted. Um, there, there was nothing nefarious that was happening there. I mean, it was publicized all over the place. So they're not only going after people like Bannon, who I don't even know what his relationship would be to what happened on January 6th, but certainly, as you know, Mark Meadows, Dan Scavino, his former communications director, Cash Patel, uh, who held some high-level positions uh, in the last few months of the Trump administration, and of course was the investigator for Devin Nunes' committee, who uh, was really the guy to bust up what happened, uh, Fusion GPS's funding of the Steele dossier. So they've been targeting Cash for, for years. And they subpoenaed him as well. So I don't know if this ends up going to Trump, um, but they are, this is just the other side of trying to criminalize uh, political rallies, political dissent. They, they're going after the organizer of the uh, Women for America First, Amy Kremer, and her, her daughter, who really planned <clears throat> and executed that rally before Trump's speech. So I don't really know what for. I don't know what they're trying to find because there was nothing unlawful about especially what happened before the events at the Capitol on January 6th. It's just to, you know, help destroy their lives, force them to spend a lot of money on lawyers, um, throw their name in the media so it can be dragged through the mud. That's really what the point is. Well, and also, you know, we already pointed out earlier on in the show that uh, the FBI has found no organized plot to overturn the presidential election or or, or organized plot behind January 6th. So it sort of renders what uh, this congressional committee is doing meaningless uh, outside of what you just pointed out to, to ruin lives and to send a message that how dare anyone support President Trump or else or support anything that is against what the system and what the left wants or believes is essentially the message here. Um, but, you know, screw them. So I- am I am I missing anything else, Julie? I want to make sure, uh, you know, you're so good at covering this in depth. I just want to make sure that we're bringing everything to the audience to date that they need to know. I- am I missing anything? Anything else people should be aware of? Well, I'm so grateful for all the time that you've given me today to explain this because it's sort of hard to do it in quick hit interviews. So I'm so grateful for the time to tell their, these people's stories. But um, I do say, I will say overarching. The main, I think, goal of this, not just to destroy Trump and everyone around him, is to stop any efforts to reform election laws. They want to tie any efforts at the state level in these states where a lot of the election laws were violated, or even states where it wasn't, say, in Texas. They want to use this to stop any reforms Uh, to uh, election laws to prevent what happened in 2020, to prevent it from happening again. And so I think that this is sort of their way of intimidating state legislatures or governors that, oh, if you want to reform election law, then you're just like an insurrectionist. You think that the election was stolen and was rigged. So I think that that is a, a greater political agenda. But you also see that that's not working either because some of these states are continuing to move forward with needed election law tightening up. 
um, election rules, especially related to absentee mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting, et cetera. Um, that's going to make it a lot tougher for Democrats to try to get away with in 2022 or 2024 what they got away with in 2020 and probably really in 2018, too. So that is the much bigger battle, I think, for all of us. Yeah, I think Americans are at least the right there. You know, a lot of people are just fed up of all of this and, you know, they're ready to take their their country back. Uh, Julie Kelly, such great work with American Greatness. Have so much respect for, for what you're doing, your work and your voice. Thank you for staying on top of this and just being so fearless in your fight for these folks. Lisa, thank you so much for having me on now a second time and for bringing this story to your uh, to your listeners and to your viewers. I really appreciate it. And I know the people involved do, too. So thank you on their behalf. Oh, and before I let you go, where can everyone find your work if, if they're not familiar, which they should be, but if they're not, where can they find your work? <laughs> so um, all my articles are posted at American Greatness and Greatness.com. And I'm on Twitter a lot, as you know, Lisa, at Julie underscore Kelly two, the number two. Awesome. Thanks so much, Julie. Appreciate it. Lisa, thank you so much. I want to thank Julie Kelly again for such a great interview. And I want to thank her for following this story. I can't imagine just the pushback, the negative attention she has gotten the criticism that she has probably been on the receiving end but she has not relented and she has been brave and fearless in following this story so i want to thank her and i want to thank you guys at home for listening to the show if you enjoyed today's show please leave us a review and rate us five stars on apple Podcasts. i love reading your reviews it means so much to me when you take the time to do that so thank you for doing it please continue to do so you can also follow me on twitter facebook and instagram at at lisa marie booth I want to thank our team, producer John Cassio, researcher and writer Aaron Kliegman, and our executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 network and team. Win the battle of your musty, damp basement with an Easy Breathe ventilation system. Take charge of your indoor air. It's easy with basement ventilation to remove musty odors, pollutants, allergens, and airborne particles by 85%. An Easy Breathe ventilation system creates air exchanges for cleaner, fresher, healthy indoor air. And right now, get $250 off your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. Call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com today. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago street course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.